The Pod Buffet. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to The Pod Buffet, a podcast of podcasts and an eclectic mix of flavours. And it's time for the Weekly Digest. First up, we have an interview with Pod O'Sullivan of The Leadership Diet. Here he is. Hi, welcome. It's so good to have you on the Pod Buffet pod. And it's it's been a while. It is, Steve. Great to see you again. I was looking forward to catching up with you. So thanks for the invite. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you are and what you're doing. I live in Sydney, Sydney, Australia. Uh, I've been here for... 28 years now, although my name and my accent will give it away. I'm from the same part of the world as you. I'm from Ireland originally, but I came over this part of the world that long ago. And I've been living in Sydney for 20 of that number of years. I work in leadership development. So I've got my own organization and I've got five children, a dog called Max and a great life, I think. We met when you did the podcasting workshop run by Akimbo. But you'd already been doing a bit of podcasting before then. Well, I was just starting. So um, when when COVID first kicked off last year, last year being 2020, I thought I'd do a creative project. So um, I'd done a lot of interviewing in my life. So I thought podcasting might be a nice extension of that. And so I'd done a few courses before I came on to the Akimba course with you guys. And, and I loved the Akimba course that really focused on the listener more than anything else. And uh that really kind of honed my thinking as to what I want to do with my first podcast. So, yeah, that, that was great. So, I mean, you've also been coaching leaders and uh, top teams for quite some time as well. What was it that that kind of brought you to the place of recognizing leadership was so important, but also that you had something to say? Well, you know, I'm, I've been working with leaders for like almost 30 years in different capacities, but from an executive coaching point of view for over 20 years. And I've been fortunate enough to work in many parts of the world and I have a very strong view that leadership is a real noble pursuit. And I, I really appreciate leaders who step into the role. And I'll be honest with you, Steve, I think the last 18 months has been an extraordinarily tough time for leaders all over the world. And so part of my reason for doing the podcast was I, I'm very fortunate that I'm up close uh, with many leaders and I see how hard they learn and how hard they work. And because of my role, I get to support their learning. So I, th- I, th- I thought having a podcast, which would be an intimate conversation on the realities of leadership and the realities of learning and the mistakes leaders have made and, and what they've done about it would be at least, I thought it'd be of interest to me, if nothing else, and hopefully some other people who would listen to it. And then that's, that's where it came from. So we've got three seasons now and you've got quite a range of different leaders different people, different experiences that you're able to to kind of bring out their wisdom and, and their experience. Um, have you been picking up any sense of a theme that's been coming through? Yeah, well, we're in, as you're right, we're in season three. I've been doing about, I think about 16 episodes per season and then an end of season summary. There's two types of guests I bring onto the show. The first guest, which is the most important guest from my perspective, is someone who is an international leader. And, and they're willing to share their story. And that's the majority of our guests. The other guests are someone who are typically academics who specialize in leadership or have some really important research to share or have written a really interesting book around leadership. So that's the second type of guest. Look, there's, there's, a, there's a range of themes emerging. Um, one is leadership is very difficult and hard. And there's lots of different transitions and different types of mistakes that people make. And thankfully, the folks who come onto our show have been very generous in sharing those mistakes. But I would say in the last 18 months, I think two or three themes have really emerged. 
One is the importance of curiosity and, and really building a sense of curiosity. And one of the most favorite phrases I've come across, and a few different leaders have used it on our show, is that curiosity is the antidote to judgment, as in, as in, as in being judgmental of other people. And it's a really interesting idea. You know, the more curious you are of the people around you, the less likely you are to judge them or, or be dismissive of them. So that's certainly one major theme. The theme of humility has come through a lot. Often humility being what happens on the other side of mistakes or, or you know, humiliation. Um, and, but I, I would say the, the biggest thing is the continual desire to learn and, and not assume that, that they know best. And the leaders who seem to really want to learn through either reading books, going through different experiences, you know, listening to podcasts, trialing different things, they're the leaders who are most effective. If people were listening to your podcast for the first time, is, is there a, a good place to start? Oh, that's a really great question because I, I, I do get asked, you know, because uh, we have like 50 episodes now. So which one should I start with? There's four that I, I tend to recommend for different people, depending on what they're looking for. Uh, one uh, with a lady called Becky in season one. She's a true international expat leader, an American lady originally, and she's now working in Denmark. So anyone who's an expat, she's got some great stories around the reality of being an expat. And one of her favorite phrases is, you know, if you're an expat leader and you, you move into a new country, the locals can hold their breath longer than your assignment. So, you know, so, so, <laughs> so learn quick, you know, but she's got some great stories, particularly on imposter syndrome. Uh, and that's a regular uh, piece for leaders. Uh, Stephen Keyes from season one talk, talks a lot about um, arrogance, actually, his own arrogance and, and how that didn't help him and how he overcame that and what he's done around that. And uh, there's some fascinating stories there. And in season two, a gentleman called Warwick Fairfax, who in this part of the world, is the Fairfax name is quite well known. Uh, it's a bit like the Murdoch family, their Fairfax family, a very famous publishing family. And at age 29, he lost the family fortune and went through a massive public humiliation. And so he tells that story and talks about coming out the other side of humiliation and the importance of being able to overcome reputational trauma. So the, the, those three episodes are, are worthwhile delving into. Mm, excellent. That's really good. So we'll have the, the links in the, the episode notes just to point people in that direction. They, they sound great. Um, and who would you say were your primary audience? Look, the audience that, we ha- that, that, that we're aware of, at least in terms of people that I know listen to our show, Predominantly be organizational leaders, so folks who are leading corporate roles, be it uh, national organizations or multinational organizations, that's the main audience. Uh, and of those, they tend to be in senior leadership roles or what we call C-suite roles, so you know, chief financial officer or chief marketing officer or chief executive officer, those kind of roles, or indeed aspiring leaders for those positions. And then the second group would be a whole lot of folks who support those leaders, be it internal human resources or internal leadership development type leaders or external uh, executive coaches like myself and those kind of folks. And then there's a very, very small number of people, but I know that they're in this category because at least two business schools have, have told us that they recommend the podcast to their MBA students. So there's, there's MBA students around the world who are forced to listen to it every now and again. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate it though. So that's, that's really interesting. The, the different kind of categories of people. So if you recognize yourself in any of those things, then this is the podcast for you. So where, where can people find you? What's the best place to connect with, with you and your work? So theleadershipdiet.com will bring us straight to the website for the podcast itself. And indeed, there's loads of resources and contact points for me there. My own website is podosullivan.com. You can get me there. And of course, LinkedIn, Instagram, and indeed Facebook. The Leadership Diet's got its own Facebook page. Yeah. So you're everywhere. <laughs> Thank you very much for being with us. 
great to see you again Steve. for the podcasting course as, as i said to you i did four courses and that was by far the best i really appreciate it uh, excellent to hear so thanks ever so much for being with us and we'll see you again soon thanks steve And on today's episode, I have the pleasure of sharing with you a short bonus episode from my friend Brian Miller. Brian has a passion for connections and communications and seeing people thrive. Good stuff here and on YouTube with his TEDx talk, which has been watched almost three and a half million times, his books and his website in general. Brian is a public speaker and performer we can all learn from. I know you will enjoy this and go subscribe or follow so you don't miss the new season of his Beyond Networking podcast. Season five will be bi-weekly long-form interviews with legends and leaders balanced by short solo episodes in between. Here's Brian. Hello and welcome to Beyond Networking, the show where we help you build a sustainable career and a meaningful life with the power of human connection. I'm your host, Brian Miller, and this week, I want to talk about the problem of feedback. So imagine you were just leading a team for a couple weeks, a few months, or a year at work on, on an important project. This could be at work or a community project, whatever it is. And now that it's done, you want feedback on your performance. Well, the question is this, is it useful to ask for feedback? And if not, what could we do in its place? Feedback is everywhere. Client feedback forms, customer feedback forms, attendee feedback forms, training feedback, management feedback. Please stay on the line at the end of the call to answer a brief two-question survey. Did everybody else just roll their eyes with me? In corporate, we use the term feedback to describe the solicitation of an opinion about a project or an exchange or a product or a program. But I went to school for audio engineering. I have a recording studio built into my house. I've spent 17 years on stage. So when I think of the term feedback, this is the sound that's in my head. You see, in audio terms, feedback is what happens when a microphone gets too close to a speaker. It's loud, it's piercing, it's obnoxious, and nobody wants to hear it. So if you're looking for feedback, the question you need to ask yourself is, do you actually want to improve for next time? Because if you do, you're not likely to find anything helpful here. Because most people are kind, they don't want to offend, and they definitely don't want to rock the boat. Also, people are self-interested, right? Saying something negative to your boss or even your coworker, that just doesn't seem like a good way to get ahead. So you might say, well, I've got the solution. Let's make the feedback form anonymous, right? Well, anonymous feedback isn't any better. Now you have the social media problem. You might get trolls having a laugh, just writing mean things, in which case the feedback is useless. Or worse, you might actually get some genuine criticism that could help you, but how can you tell if it's genuine or a troll without knowing who said it. The person delivering the feedback really matters. If you're a magician, you're going to take a magician's criticism of your sleight of hand technique much more seriously than the average audience heckler. But if you want to improve the show itself, not your technique, but the show, then you want to hear from audience members and not from magicians. But this all brings us to a second problem, and really the bigger problem, which is you probably don't 
actually want feedback. You want to be told how great you are and how well the project went. And listen, I'm with you. Criticism is really hard to take with grace, especially when you care about your work and you put your all into it. To have your best efforts cut down is unpleasant. And yet, if you care about your work enough to be hurt by criticism, you probably do actually want to improve. So if feedback isn't going to get it done, what is? Instead of asking for feedback, I would start asking for advice. Advice has a very different tone. Advice is what we do when we care about someone and their success. It's what we give to our closest friends and family. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about unsolicited advice. Ain't nobody ever enjoyed that. But advice, when asked for, is productive for both the giver and the receiver. Okay, let's go back to our team example. You just let a team on a project for a couple of months or a year. Now, you want to improve. So try this. Go to each team member and say something like, I'm really proud of the work we did. Thank you so much for your efforts and your contribution. And bonus points for naming specific contributions here. Still, I know I could do an even better job at leading a team on similar projects in the future. I I want things to be even smoother next time. What advice would you have for me the next time I take on a task like this? Doesn't that feel worlds different from asking for feedback? When it's cloaked as advice, people are much more likely to feel safe offering criticism. And you're more likely to receive it positively, knowing it's coming from a place of love, professionally speaking. They feel heard, you improve, everybody wins. And then there's another huge advantage here, which is that you level the playing field. When you ask for feedback, you reinforce any existing power dynamic. Everyone knows their feedback's going to be ignored if it doesn't suit the powers that be. Like, do you really believe Hilton cares about your opinion? But when you ask for advice, you reduce or even eliminate the power dynamic completely. It doesn't matter if I'm your colleague or the CEO. When I ask for your advice, I'm admitting that there's something you can teach me that I can learn from. So managers, ask your employees for advice. Professors, ask your students for advice. Sales reps, ask your customers for advice. CEOs, ask everyone for advice. Ask your spouse, your mom, or your best friend for advice. Giving and receiving generous advice is a powerful trust-building tool. The more you ask for it, the more you'll receive it, and the better we all become together. Let's get that microphone away from the speaker once and for all. Well, that's it for this week. And hey, if you want to learn seven ways to talk to anyone without looking like an idiot, go to softskillsarehard.com to download an awesome free resource I've got for you. It's called Stop Cringing, Start Connecting. And did you know there's a companion YouTube channel to this podcast? If you enjoy these audio episodes, you can subscribe over at youtube.com slash Magic or click the link in the show notes. That being said, thanks so much for sticking with me. And always remember, our world is a shared experience. Every interaction is meaningful, and every person you meet, even virtually, is important. And we'll see you soon. I hope you enjoyed this taster from the Pod Buffet. Check out the full podcast by following the links in the episode notes. See you again soon.